Hello and welcome back to Off the Water, the podcast brought to you from the national governing body RYE Scotland, where we hope to connect on a range of conversations that affect our activities and venues. For this episode, Mark caught up with the Hunter family from Arran and they chatted about enjoying sailing as a family and also making a career of being afloat. The Hunters have some amazing stories, have celebrated many successes and their love for being out on the water comes across loud and clear. We hope you enjoy this episode, which gives an insight into the variety of our sport. Over to you, Mark. Yep, I'm very excited to be able to speak with the Hunter family today. They're an inspirational family when it comes to sailing, and they've based so much of their life around the activities of sailing. And in turn, sailing has rewarded them no end. It's been fun and games bringing them all together, but I believe Ian and Sally, you're over on the Isle of Iron just now. That's right. We have Neil down in New Zealand. Hello. It sounds particularly distant at the moment. And uh, Rory, you're down in uh, Weymouth. Yeah, I am on on Portland at the moment. So for our listeners, I wonder if you could uh, introduce yourselves individually and uh, each of you give us a personal sailing highlight you've had. On Sal, you can pick <laughs> off. Yeah, hi, I'm Sally Hunter. Sailing highlight really has to be taking part in the Whitbread Round the World race in 89-90 on Maiden, the first ever all-female team and winning two legs. Sailing at that time was very male-dominated and there were just no women anywhere in it. The Whitbread Round the World race at 33,000 miles is the longest and most challenging on Earth. Hard to top that, Ian, but uh, I'm sure you've had many adventures afloat. Well, um... There's been a few. I think do, doing the Azab with Sal in 1991 was certainly one of them. And coming second. And we've had a few fairly interesting del- deliveries that have taken quite a lot to get the boat there, which has certainly been up there. Rory, Neil, what, have, uh, what about yourselves? What highlights you got? Yeah, I mean, as you say, there's been a fair bit going on for the last few years, to be honest. It's really... Uh, I guess it's really escalated a bit in the last few years and compared to where we were at kind of five or six years ago, going to 29er Scottish squad and stay on Cumbrian the weekend. And um, yeah, uh, I think so far they're probably just uh, just getting the call up, to be honest, to, to sail in the America's Cup in, in late 2016 when the lads were just heading to Bermuda. And, and I got a call from the sailing team manager at the time, John McBeth, to say that... Um, Basically, they decided that I was going to be I was going to be joining the lads and heading to Bermuda for the for the thirty fifth America's Cup, and for sure that's a massive turning point in my career so far. So that's got to be my highlight. I think. Up to Neil. Neil, what are you thinking? You agree with Shirley? Did you like the side of the course the Kiwis are on right now? Yeah, absolutely, Kenny. I totally agree with Shirley. Uh, they just seem to get massive gusts there when we're marked and really soaked down in it, which was quite impressive. Yeah, so my sailing highlights are probably getting into the British sailing team when I was 17 in the 49er squad when I was sailing with Neil. That was definitely a huge sailing highlight because I, I guess cu- coming from an island, there was always a bit of a mentality that people from the mainland were always miles better at everything than us. I think that's definitely a bit of an island mentality generally. Getting that call up like, yeah, no, you're actually getting into the British sailing team to progress to start working towards the Olympics was like, you take a step back and it's like, yeah, no, we're, we're actually we're actually right up there. So um, that was a huge highlight for me. And then w- winning the Wasp World Championships in 2019 
I would say is definitely my biggest career highlight so far. It's just the way sort of everything came together. I got to spend a month out in Perth training for it and uh, going from having not sailed the boat that much and improving over that month and then everything coming together for the event and winning the Worlds was pretty magical feeling. So that's, yeah, definitely my two biggest highlights. But I'm here with the overall winner, Rory Hunter from GBR, flying the Scotland flag, oh, mate. Yes. How good does that feel after that? Oh, it's amazing. Like, uh, I mean, I was so nervous after yesterday and like battling it out with second and third and like the points have just been so tight. But uh, I mean, I said to myself before the day's racing, like whatever happened, I was going to be just stoked because I've had amazing regatta with amazing people. Fantastic. It's a... Uh clearly been many a magical feeling you guys have managed to do through sailing, uh, both collectively uh, and individually. Uh, I think I just want to go back to the start and ask you, uh, Ian and Sally, you know, how did you end up on the Isle of Arran? My father came to the Isle of Arran. We had a holiday house. father had left my, myself, my two brothers, what had been a holiday house. And we moved over as what was meant to be a short-term move. And we're still here. <laughs> yeah. Aaron certainly looks quite a magical place from where I look over in Aaron. It really dominates the skyline. And, you know, there's obviously a magical mix you as a family have created. Um, how did you start getting your kids involved in sailing on the island of Aaron? Well, Ian, we, we run a yacht delivery business anyway, and Ian's been a delivery skipper since he was in his 20s. So it was, it was a, a profession anyway. And I had had a professional sailing background as well. So when I had Neil which was a bit of a shock to the system, I demanded that we have a boat because otherwise I was not going to be able to survive looking after a baby unless we could go away sailing. So when Neil was a little baby, he got loaded onto a boat and taken away cruising just because it, I couldn't walk through that. So it was something that was always there. There was also a very active sailing club um, in Lamlash. And Ian is a very, very good, Ian is a, not blowing his own trumpet here. So he is actually British, he was um, Scottish youth squad dinghy sailing in his day. So there was a dinghy sailing background as well. So between the two things, they, they were kind of introduced to sailing at a very young age. Rory was loaded literally from his carry car onto the yacht at three weeks old to go, to go cruising. <laughs> that's phenomenal that's a that's a real mix from a uh, cruising and uh, dinghy racing or dinghy sailing i guess uh, i really should ask at this point uh, ian what what was the scottish youth squad you were involved in tell us more about that yeah it was 420s back in about 1979 i was sailing with kevin gibb and the duke there's a whole ramsey derek yeah and a whole load of whole load of people that are still around still around today you still you meet the meet the same people at all the at all the dinghy open meetings <laughs> yeah indeed it's uh it's so nice to hear that i think one of my early connections was through regional squad and then national squad and training with RY scotland and i must admit it was uh it's phenomenal in making you know sailing really for life and that whole journey going through and it's great to see you know Duke out on Phoenix the little uh, quarter tanner when you see him up at the Scottish series or Kevin still sailing away uh, it really does create a passion so uh, going back then uh, what was it like in reflection being set afloat in such a young age in Lamlash Bay? 
Um, what what stories have we got? Uh, I think <laughs> like the first. <laughs> there's so many. Um, <laughs> the first sort of year that we were sailing the 49er together. So back when I was 16 and Neil was 18, we would. Uh, I mean, basically Neil was at uni for about a year, uh, and then so we would sail at the weekends while I was still at school and it was obvious, obviously gets a bit bit wild in the winter up in Aaron for, for 49er sailing especially in Lamlash Bay where it's so gusty so you know when we had sort of northerly breeze you'd look up wind every so often it's like do you reckon that's spindrift coming down the bay or is it hail or is it rain so yeah we definitely had a few uh fairly exciting experiences when we were sort of you know early days in the 49er anyway so still getting our head around all the boat handling and stuff and then you add in that you're you know up quite far north where the weather's pretty wild and uh and there's sort of spindrift rolling through every so often so uh yeah, that was uh, some quite the interesting times back then. There was the famous Christmas Day one, of course. Yeah, the, there was the famous Christmas Day one. That was, again, when we were sort of early days in the 49er. And we sort of waited for, what, about two hours on shore for the wind to drop enough to go sailing. This was, yeah, on, on Christmas Day. So, um, yeah, waited about two hours to go to go sailing and then when we finally got out we went for our first jibe had a massive pitch pull and broke a mast in two places uh, <laughs> so that was quite an interesting one <laughs> there's a there's a great photo of that knocking about somewhere as well yeah I'll pick you up on these neil have you got any fun memories of that i mean uh, uh, just to keep me right who's who's the older of the pair of you rory and neil uh, so I'm I'm two years older than Rory, but Rory was Rory's always been the hell. So it's a bit of a weird dynamic. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm in charge. Rory's in charge, but um, but yeah, I'm two years older. But yeah, Rory's brawn. If you say so, Sal. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, as Rory said, there's some. There's always been some pretty funny times. Um, Sailing back in Scotland, I guess the real early days was just uh, my dad throwing me in an offy when I was kind of two years old. The the deal was that if I could uh, if I could swim twenty meters, then I was allowed to get an offy. And I don't think I actually knew what an offy was when I was two years old. So. <laughs> but obviously, I was absolutely desperate to get one. So um, so then yeah, when I was two, I swam twenty meters in this local swimming pool, and then. True to their word, they had to buy me an offie. Uh, yeah, then me and my dad would go out in the offie, and I think that was all good until uh, until he showed me what it was like to capsize it. And then I think I went pretty bad on it for a bit. <laughs> and I think he was like, oh, don't worry, Neil, look, the boat's been capsized, but it's all good. You've got this. 80 kilo man standing in an offy which is up to the gunnels with water. I'm like, I don't think it is all good to be honest. You <laughs> know, <laughs> sailing for a while. <laughs> but yeah, for sure there was some there was some fun times back in Aaron and that's certainly where we did 
so much of our learning about sailing. It's such a tricky place to sail with the wind. The wind quite often basically rolls off the hills, so it's super gusty, it's super shifty, and I guess it's which is kind of fine if you're doing if you're sailing like a lot of people sail old school like GT14s and whatever in the bay in Lumlash and do a bit of handicap racing. But when you rock up there and 49ers and 29ers which we were and yeah trying to learn to sail at that point uh it's a bit of a different ball game to sailing your gp14 really so um, um also um you know a sort of big merit of of the way we went about sailing when we were younger was the fact that you know i, th- I think you sort of all all this to the why we've why we've kept doing the sport for so long and sort of pursue careers in it is because basically instead of you know being part of the 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 rp racing scene or anything where it's sort of super intense from a young age we basically just went sailing when it was windy because it was really fun and it, it was never something that we felt like we had to do or never really something that we felt like we were training for when we were younger. It was just something that was really fun. So we just walked straight from school to the sailing club every day and went and blasted around the bay. And, you know, I think we did have to, as we got older, sort of catch up on all the racing skills that perhaps some people were learning from a younger age. But ultimately, I think that the sort of way we went about sailing is just something that, that, that was really fun to do is, is why we're both very much still in the sport. Ian, Sally, you know, that must be quite nice to hear that. Um, they may not have had that formal training background, but it does sound like you're both quite competitive. Is that fair to say? Oh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're fairly competitive, but I, I think it's very important that parents don't really like pay that off onto their kids you know things that they've done in their careers or not done in their careers I don't think you should cast that up to your kids and expect them to step up to the mark I think it's very important for that young people have a focus and sailing was a natural focus for us and where we live is a natural amphitheater for that so that is kind of what we did because we like kids to be active. We wanted our kids to be super active and and have a, a, a sport that they could go to to give them a reason for getting up in the morning. This, I think, has to come from the individual, though, um, not from the parents. So did you ever race them or when they were out in their oppy? What were you sailing around in at that point? Well, well, well when when the boys were sailing kind of four twenties and twenty hours, I was sailing a laser and we yeah, we used to rate we used to do ha- been handicap, same, handicap racing, racing yeah. in round the bay in Aaron. And actually in the winter, I want um the, the, the club was really active back in those days. And we actually we were all we all actually sailed lasers against each other. We kind of we used to get eight lasers out on a, in, in the middle of winter in, in Lamlash Bay and I'm kind of racing every Saturday afternoon, which was good, really good fun. I mean, to be to be honest, that was pretty fiercely competitive between the three of us, I would say, but especially between me and Neil. I think we're we're definitely better off sailing a two-handed boat together than we are racing against each other. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Neil, how did you get on in the laser? Uh, I probably got on better then than I would now. I was probably only about 80 85 kilos back then so um 
Yeah, I think now I'd just about sink a laser, to be honest. But, but yeah, no, the laser sailing was certainly really good fun. As as my dad said, we had a really good fleet in Ireland for a bit. So all the all the local dinghy sailors who in the summer would sail their GP14s and their albacores, everybody kind of bought into it and everybody bought a laser. And we, yeah, we had we had seven, eight boats out on, on Christmas Eve. And yeah, we were like doing some doing some awesome fleet racing. I mean, that's basically as pure as you can get as far as fleet racing is concerned is, is a fleet of lasers racing around. It was awesome. And, and Sally, what, what were you doing at this point? Did you jump in a laser? Did you get a float? No, I'm actually not very good at dinghy sailing at all. I, I did own a laser when I was younger, but I'm really not a great dinghy sailor at all. Ian and I did buy uh, an RS4. Fundled, yeah. which we, we sailed, but I wouldn't say I was magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must admit, I did manage to get myself out in a laser a good few times over lockdown, just for a blast, and as Rory explained, just sort of reaching along and being completely absorbed by getting the most out of the boat and the wind was just great fun. Not the keenest on hiking upwind, though, and so, yeah, just the reaching about was phenomenal. It's quite hard work. Neil, Neil was very good at going in straight lines in a laser, very fast in straight lines. Uh, he, he went, he, he went left every time, and it was right fifty percent of the time. So fair play to him. <laughs> so Ian and Sally, I should ask, you know, how you got involved in sailing, and what are your earliest memories? Well, my uncle was a very good dinghy sailor. I, I grew up in Irvine, so there's not a lot of scope for sailing in Irvine. But um, they did a lot of dinghy sailing in Yorkshire on little ponds. So when I went down to stay with my grandparents, I used to go sailing with my uncle. And then my parents bought a yacht with my uncle and kept it in Troon. Um, And I got in with Troon Cruising Club, as it was then. It was before there was a marina in Troon. And just Mm -hmm. there was a bit of local racing in, um, in Troon Cruising Club. It was before, yeah, the, the, the boats were, it was before it was dredged out. It was, boats used to sit in mud. But I did a bit of racing with them and then just kind of escalated through the Clyde. And then I did a lot of sailing with the Ocean Youth Club, which is now the Ocean Youth Trust, and used to go sailing with them on bigger boats. Their, their big Nicholson from Northern Ireland and Taiku that was in Scotland and used to go as boatswain on their boats. So that got me into bigger boat stuff and longer passages. And then I was lucky enough to get um, on on the Whitbread. Yeah, that's a big step up, Sal. Yeah, it's a big step up, yeah. <laughs> Flag your way onto a boat. <laughs> and Ian, what about your earliest memories of sailing? Well, I was taught to sail in Lamlash. I was spent in Lamlash Bay with my fa- by my father. When I was a kid, we spent all our holidays in Lamlash and spent a lot of time on the water. We used to just go sailing around and it was an old kind of day boat thing that wasn't very good at all but it I learned to sail in it and then I I watched in the kind of guys racing on a Saturday afternoon and there was a lot of people used visitors used to come over with kind of quite what was the time thought were quite fancy boats and I, I kind of really fancied a shot at that so I eventually managed to persuade my parents to let me have a decent dinghy which has got a 420 and then I got a laser and then I did a lot of team racing at universities at Strathclyde University and we were kind of 
did the whole circuit on that for about four or five years right through university. While I was at university, I also got right into the offshore sailing scene on the Clyde, which the, you know, the offshore races, which was a big thing at the time. And I got really hooked on that. And not long after I graduated, I was working, working as a research assistant at Strathclyde University, but was offered a I was offered a trip over to Antigua as, as mate on a on a 40-foot yacht. And I went, and by the time I got to the other side, I, I knew what that's what I was going to do. Then kind of got into yacht deliveries, which was pretty tough to get going at to begin with, but as time went on it got got easier and still doing it. That's incredible. You must have thousands of sea miles under your belt. And as a commercial ocean yacht master, you certainly get to see the world. Where's the most exciting place you've been? Well, I've do, do done a lot of trips to the Caribbean and back. And, and you know, Sal and me spent a, spent six months. The whole, we spent a winter in the Caribbean, which was really nice. Probably what the most unusual one was, I took a Scottish, a new-built Scottish fishing boat out to Moscow in Oman through wow. through sewers which that was that was quite that was quite an interesting trip yeah the sailing world has certainly varied from the boats that you can get involved with and the places you can get to but being brought up in glasgow i always thought it was amazing how connected the clyde was to the world's oceans uh, sally you mentioned taiku my father actually captured a voyage to iceland in 1977 which i think we've still got the logbook and photographs for that that would be that is about the time that I was on Taiku. It was Colin Lowry was the skipper of it, um, a, a man I had great respect for, a, a really really good good skipper and great with the kids and gave me a, an awful lot of inspiration and had a great time sailing with him. Neil and Rory, in terms of this. Uh cruising element do you remember any adventures where you went a bit further and stretch your legs on the seas uh yeah, yeah we, for sure so um basically we went on holiday up the west coast of scotland every year of my life from zero to 17 i think <laughs> um we did did three weeks away on on the yacht cruising up the west coast of scotland which, uh, yeah, like, I guess when you've done it from when you're literally zero, it, you, you take it for granted a little bit. But sort of looking back on the on the places we went around on the boat, it was, uh, yeah, pretty magic. So that's definitely when, when I've got a little bit more time in my life, I'd definitely like to go back and do another family cruise up the West Coast at some point. And Neil, have you got any uh, highlights from your cruising adventures afloat with the family? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. As Rory's basically said, we did we did a lot of it. We did it for for sixteen, seventeen years. We every every summer for three weeks, we'd go away on the west coast with the the four of us and usually two dogs as well. So it was a it was a busy thirty foot yacht, that's for sure. But um, and, but, and yeah. Scott Curry, we used to take another boy as well. Scott Curry, he used to go. So three boys, two dogs, and us. Yeah, it was it was it was certainly busy, but I guess it's just what you know then, isn't it? So um, it was an awesome experience. I mean, you get to go and see some of the world's most beautiful places in on the west coast of Scotland. It's just unbelievable cruising, to be honest. And yeah, we were 
super lucky to have that experience and that that my mum and dad I guess had had a yacht and we were and they were happy to take us uh, take us away cruising in the summer. It was amazing. Cutting there. We used to get back usually just immediately before they went back to school. But by the time you'd been on, away on the boat up the west coast for three weeks, we had a mooring in Lamlash Bay. And usually we didn't actually bother getting off the boat. I would just come home, pick up some school uniforms, and we would just stay on the boat if the weather was nice for another couple of weeks and just move, just live on the boat, on the mooring while the boys went to school because it didn't, it seemed like too much effort and too nice to, to actually bother moving off. So there was usually a, an extension to the holiday in Lamalash Bay. Wow, so the boys would commute to school in the dinghy, walk up to the schoolyard, uh, do the day, and then come back down and get the dinghy and back out to the boat. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, my next question was around how you all support each other, as I'm getting a real strong sense of this. Yeah, certainly my mum and dad have been super supportive, as has Rory, to be honest, throughout the whole thing. I mean, I guess it's been... It's been a bit funny for us compared to some other teams in the in the youth scene and whatever. Basically, the fact that we're brothers and the fact that we're doing it just as a family unit, I mean, I think it brings the whole thing together way more and it makes it way, you're way more of a tight, close-knit group, I guess, uh, which in some ways is good and in some ways it's a bad thing, but for sure, we've spent a lot of time together over the last 20 years and we've all been super supportive of each other throughout and I guess to be honest now has been probably the the most time that we've spent apart in the last couple of years when we've kind of gone off and done our own sailing me with the kind of America's Cup side of things and um and Rory winning the Wasp Worlds and we haven't we haven't actually done that much sailing together at all in the last in the last few years but we're still super supportive of each other I mean we FaceTime most days and yeah it's it's certainly a it's a team thing for sure. Yeah, and I, I think um, for me, like I just picking up on what Neil said. You know, we we all speak to each other a lot. Like I think probably speak to somebody from the family every day. And like for me, I, I think it's really good how sort of th- there's a lot of different different things that each person in the family has done. So if I find that I'm looking for advice on something you know if it's something technical with trying to make the foils on my boat work better it's like well if you go to neil he's sort of surrounded by some of the best high performance boat designers in the world so it's that's a pretty good place to look for advice and then you know when it comes to sort of like running my sailing and and how to i guess how to organize things as well as I can in in my sort of different projects, I'd definitely go to Dad because he's probably the most sort of conscientious person I know with with how he how he goes about his his deliveries and his business. And then you know when it comes to working within a team and sort of working with people, I'd probably look for advice from Mum more. So it's like there's there's such a sort of diverse range of things that we've we've done between us as a family it's like this sort of looking for advice on something from somebody i can sort of always find it 
that's perfect to hear about that level of support. And I guess this is reciprocal, as I see Rory's face, at least, in an image on the delivery website. Have you guys done many adventures like that together? Oh, a lot. Yeah, we've, we've, done, we've done deliveries with just, the, with just the four of us. Yeah, we did Gibraltar. We took it the Oyster 61. I used to skip her from Gibraltar down to Lanzarote. That was the four of us. Boys and me took that Oyster 61 through down through the Crince Canal and up, up to Levkus. Rory's been a, Rory's been across the North Sea with me. I think certainly at least once, and and we've um, done multiple trips up and down the between between Hamble and the Clyde. Um, so yeah, we done. We actually um we just did a delivery back during lockdown where needed to get a, a boat that for a customer of dad to the Isle of Man. Uh but obviously nobody's been really allowed to sit step foot on the Isle of Man for, for quite a while. So I I took our boat, our own boat and, and he took the boat that, that needed to get there. We put it there, took it there, put it on a mooring, swapped boats and went straight back. So I think that was that was a pretty cool sort of family delivery. That's a great level of practical support for a family business. Sally and Ian, you must be incredibly proud to see the boys head off and pursue their own sailing. How, how does that make you feel? I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, we never actually, we kind of don't, we never set out to, we never saw this, saw it really coming. I mean, originally we kind of wrote off going to the, with the boys doing the squads and that because we lived on an island and then it kind of and then it kind of happened i took them to port edgar and they had a shot in fevers and it went off from there but no i mean it's unbelievable how much effort they've put into it and how well they've done yeah no it, it's absolutely fantastic as, as ian said it's it's not you know you, i don't think it's right to map out your your children's lives for them um at all but just coming as we came from a sailing background just to see them continue that and to be enjoying it and to be where they are is just absolutely fantastic for us i have to admit i'm i'm a massive sailing fan and you know, to watch Rory lift the Wasp International Games title in 2019 and then follow Neil's progress in the America's Cup from the Youth America's Cup to you know, winning the Prada Cup um, this winter, it's been awe-inspiring to watch. I'd just like to ask you guys, you know, who's been the biggest influence for you outside of your family uh, and pushed you in the directions that you've taken? Um, come come back to me start with neil and i'll i'll think of okay. it. I'll, I'll think about it yeah i mean as you say like uh certainly that was a huge moment in my career the the phone call i got from john Macbeth, and he he obviously had a huge influence in my career so he was sailing team manager at land rover bar in in 2016 for the 2017 america's cup the 35th america's cup and uh Getting, I mean, he he basically, I guess, gave me my first opportunity in the America's Cup. He he brought me into the team when I was I was I'd basically been doing some 49ers sailing with Rory, obviously as part of the um, the Olympic development squad, and then I got the opportunity to to trial for Land Rover BAR Academy, which was gonna which was the Youth America's Cup team for the um for the 2017 Youth America's Cup, and uh yeah, and basically. 
based on based on some fitness tests which we'd done to get into the academy team i was i was given an opportunity to i guess have a have another fitness test for the for the main land rover bar sailing team and that was an opportunity which i basically had to jump on and then based on that i then i was then given an opportunity to uh to go sailing for a few days with the lads in portsmouth at the time we were doing some two boat testing so they were about to they were leaving it was basically the last week of sailing in the uk before they left for bermuda and uh i got invited a lot john Macbeth, the sailing team manager invited me along and uh, as kind of a trial i guess at the end of the week i got a phone call from john and he said yeah we we're impressed by what we see and we'd like you to come to come to bermuda with us for the 35th america's cup so i guess that's a fairly pivotal moment in my my sailing career and uh, i've got a lot yeah i've got a lot to thank him for in terms of just giving me a chance within an america's cup team from a fairly little known olympic class sailor to a couple of months later i was sailing in bermuda on the ac50 with um with a lot of guys that i kind of only watched on tv i guess and a lot of those guys as well now i've i've obviously learned a lot from a lot of the guys that are um, in in eos team uk and were in london with bar your freddie cars nick huttons they've really i guess taken me under their wing and and show me show me what being a grinder is all about which has been cool yeah, that is cool. Is there, is there that same sense of family with the team there, Neil? Do you know, do you, do you have that same kind of uh, support, I guess? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it really does feel like a family. You literally spend every, like, you're spending 14 hours a day with these people for three, four years. And I, with some of them, obviously, we've gone from being Land Rover BAR in the last cup to any uh, us team UK in this cup with, a lot of the same core group of people so yeah there's definitely a sense of family there and i've spent a lot of the last six or seven years with these guys so i mean you get to know each other pretty well and yeah if you've ever got an issue you know who you're going to go and talk with and who you can talk things through with but for sure there's definitely a sense of family amongst every team like that i think you you start to get a sense of family no absolutely and rory the wasp class that's been a relatively uh new class in terms of a fast foiling uh, single-hander uh, and becoming world champion it, it's quite a tight class as well there's quite a, a good group that travel with that how have you found that to support your sailing yeah i am um, i i definitely owe a lot to to the wasp class there um i think probably when i sort of i, I had a, a short break from sailing around 2017 and when I came back into into the sport in sort of early 2018, uh, I I got a wasp, and I I think you know it, it really drew me back into the sport. Uh, so I, I'm I'm really grateful to to the class for that, and it, it is I think like when I when I sort of first turned up at a wasp event, or when I sort of, when I first turned up at first big wasp event which was the europeans in 2018 i think i am sort of i i had been really used to like olympic classes where you know it's it, it's very intense and people can be sort of a bit icy with, with each other and i was almost like not taken aback but very 
pleasantly surprised about uh, how friendly the class was. And, you know, even though, you know, if you sort of take it to to that, that world in 2019, it was like everybody on the water. It was like super fiery competition. You know, like we, we all, all sort of top 10, we all really wanted to win that event. But, you know, off the water, it's just forgotten about. And it, it's almost sort of like a family. So the what what they've done, sort of what Mark and, and AMAC and you know Duncan in the UK, what they've done with the class has has been really impressive, and I think it's going to keep going from strength to strength. It's fascinating to see where your sailing has taken you. You know, from sailing together from such an early age, it would be really remiss of me as a parent um, of of two siblings not to ask how this split in your sailing pathways was managed um, by your parents. So, you know, Sally, how did you manage that particular stage when, when the Neil was poached away from Rory in the 49er? Yeah, well, a split like that's never going to be easy. And I think you just have to take it as it comes and just deal with these things. And, you know, obviously, you know, things, people do go in different directions and you just have to deal with it on a kind of day-to-day basis. Very sound advice. And, you know, it's never easy, obviously, but it's inspirational to see how you've remained there for each other uh, on your different journeys and, and made such a success of the sailing that you have been doing. Clearly, you know, lockdown's been pretty hard to manage for a lot of people. And, um, you know, as restrictions begin to open up and just wondering, you know, what sailing you guys have been up to. We've obviously been watching Neil uh, on the other side of the world and following that journey but yeah what sailing plans have you got coming up well right now for me i'm pretty lucky i guess in the fact that i'm still in new zealand having uh having just been in the americas cup so i yeah basically i'm not planning on leaving here in a massive rush to be honest because we're obviously free from free from covid restrictions so we can do as we please so i've been getting out wing foiling quite a bit the last few weeks and uh yeah making the most of my time here it's been it's been pretty nice and i feel super lucky to uh to not be in a country affected by covid but i'm actually heading from here straight back to uh straight to bermuda in 10 days or so for for sale gp we've got sale gp uh season two starting in bermuda the end of the month so i'm looking forward to that so that that does sound phenomenal and i must admit when we've been watching as no doubt all of us have here on the call, uh, the, the sort of life that seems like another world in New Zealand. Um, yeah. it, it just looks incredible. It absolutely is. It's, it's, it's actually been quite strange, to be honest, and you forget, it's easy to forget what the rest of the world's going through at the moment because New Zealand has basically been, since I got here, we've had a couple of little like week-long lockdowns, but it's basically been completely normal and coming from a world of wearing masks and social distancing that's been pretty strange but i'm gonna have to get used to that again pretty soon because i'm i'm coming back to it so let's just hope we can get out of covid restrictions asap in the uk and we can all get out sailing and and get back to our normal lives no absolutely rory have you managed to out a wasp's a good boat to go and play in at the moment can you get out down in portland uh unfortunately uh with the restrictions the the sailing academy has been closed for quite a while okay. I, I i do have uh with with the restrictions starting to ease now uh, i do have quite a lot of of sailing coming up and um 
yeah so so a few a few projects coming up that I can't really say too much about yet, but um, a, a lot, lot of foiling, a lot of high-performance sailing. So yeah, we'll see where the summer goes. But not very much sailing has happened for a few months, but plenty of sailing is about to happen if everything goes to plan. No, that that's where we're at. And and, and Ian and Sally, I mean, I'm across the way here. It's a foul day on the Clyde. I just uh, kind of looking across, can't even see Cumbria from me. Have you guys managed to get any sailing at all over over? this period well we got a couple of trips up the west coast um end of last year um the year before that when the boys were both the both boys both ended up in australia the year before that and we decided that rather than spending a sad christmas crying into our prosecco um we would just go away cruising for christmas so we went to cala harbour up the kyles and we had christmas up there um and cooked a turkey, barbecued a turkey. Um, this year, of course, Rory was going to come home and it was cancelled at the last minute. So that wasn't <laughs> ideal. So we didn't get cruising. Um, but uh, yeah, we've been, we've been up the West Coast a couple of times, end of the back end of this season and, and had a couple of nice cruises. Got up to Jura in what, October, November? I've been, I've been up, twice, up the West Coast twice. Twice, yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been working commercially, right? right through it so i did i actually did two transatlantics and one back from italy one to holland last last year actually it's quite busy because we were i was actually i was allowed to i was allowed to 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 work commercially um and got a lot got a lot of delivery work just about to just about to kick off um, so there's plenty of sailing coming. So when we get out of these um, restrictions, you know, what would be your ideal um, family activity then for the Hunter family? What what would you guys go and do? Mm. Well, I'd quite, I'd quite like, to, I'd quite, I would quite like to go cruising up the west coast. But <laughs> boat's getting a bit small for the four of us, especially Neil. <laughs> Uh, no, absolutely. That would be that. I think that's definitely our still our ideal family holiday as it has been for the last twenty twenty or so years. But um, we just need to find a pick a moment where we're all not busy because, to be honest, we're all fairly flat out in our lives, just doing our our own sailing and our jobs, I guess. So hopefully, we get some time this year though where we're all back in back in Ireland and we can get away on the boat. And do you have a favourite anchorage, maybe? My my favourite anchorage is Loch Skavade on the Isle of Skye, which I think a lot of people know from the uh, Danny McCaskill video, The Ridge. But it's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it is the most amazing anchorage in the world. You just sort of go in through this gap in the rocks and you're in, in this anchorage that, straight out of the water you've got sort of seven eight hundred meter mountains surrounding you um and yeah it is one of the most spectacular uh spectacular places i've ever seen oh it's a gorgeous anchorage uh, i did make it there in my honeymoon superb place yeah it's amazing isn't it sally and ian have you got a special place i've got i've got a few uh, i've got very fond memories i've got very fond memories of um, of barbecues and things in tinker's hall and going to the beach and swimming there that's certainly right up there there's there's a few others as well well actually i was going for lost as well luckily rory managed to save it for me so um 
Yeah, lots to be for sure. We spent a lot of time. There's a little river that runs down straight out of the. There's like a big lock above the above the anchorage, and there's a little oh, river good. that runs down there. And we uh, we spent a lot of time as kids playing in that river, and there's like little rapids. So we go we go to a local garage just before in Malig or somewhere just before we got there. We get um we get a little blow up inflatable dinghy from a garage or whatever for. 30 pounds and then we send it down the rapids that was a classic family holiday activity so yeah i mean that's a, that's a basically until it popped which was inevitably pretty quickly to be honest um, that was that was always a classic family holiday activity and yeah we've had great times on the west coast of scotland for sure thanks so much i've, I've really enjoyed catching up with you all as a family uh, it's been really motivating and inspirational to hear some of the stories of your adventures together under sail. And so, final question: Can I can I go around you and ask you what piece of advice you might want to share with our listeners? Well, my advice to any parents is: make sure your children are busy. Make sure they've got something that they, it, be it art, be it music, be it sport, doesn't matter. But make sure your children have something that they feel passionate about and they have to work to. I would say try try and get yourself doing something that you can earn a living from that you want to do that's been my philosophy rather than rather than making money but it it is is making a living out of doing something you want to do i think mine to be honest is just i think it's easy growing up in these little places in scotland these remote parts where you potentially like you We'd go out sailing on a weekday, and we would, there'd be nobody else out on the water, and it's easy to to see yourself as a like a lesser, I guess, compared to these kids from big sailing clubs in Helensburgh, Largs, and whatever. And but actually, you're all you're learning. You'll have areas that you're learning less about, but you'll be you'll be learning just as much about sailing, and you're you're just as you have just as much right to be there and you can go to these big events and you'll be just as good as these kids that have grown up in in these big sailing clubs i mean everybody you can't see yourself as a lesser lesser sailor just because you've not not grown up at these big clubs or whatever rory finally any any tips or advice from yourself i guess just maybe maybe more for young sailors but you know if you if you start off doing it because because it's something that's you know really fun and enjoyable and then as you take it further as as much as it sort of remains fun it's just that self-improvement is definitely what what gives life meaning or it's certainly what what gives my life meaning so I yeah definitely started off sailing because it was just fun but but just constantly trying to find new ways to improve and the the satisfaction that that comes with that is uh that's what what life's all about as far as i'm concerned that's phenomenal there's some really great insights and tips that came out there all of your sailing has been on a global stage yet neil and rory you've both brought up that feeling of how island life may have set you apart from what others may have had on the mainland this certainly resonates with me having seen scots uh, as we travel south or to other nations and experience warmer sailing or bigger clubs and events ultimately just getting afloat and spending time in the water and having that sense of constant self-improvement, you really can take on the world. And you've proven that so well as a family. And life is, after all, what you make it. Thank you so much for setting aside the time for this wee chat. 
It is very much appreciated. So we'd better sign off for now and wish you every success in your adventures. Thank you. Cheers. So it was a great interview with the Hunter family and really fantastic to hear all their stories and just hear how they connect and they 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 chat with each other. It was re- really fun to to get an insight into that. Since we recorded this interview, there's been a couple of developments that we thought it was worth mentioning. So it's really exciting and it's just been announced that Rory Hunter is going to join Team Axonoble in the Ocean Race Europe and uh, it's an awesome opportunity for him. You know, uh, you're absolutely right and also um, following our conversation with Neil, he was on his way to Bermuda and yeah, in the first Sail Grant GP event, um, the team won, which is equally pretty awesome. So yeah, they're going on to great things. Keep watching, folks. So I really enjoyed listening back to your conversation with the Hunters. What stood out for you? Uh, I think, you know, that real sense of family. Uh, I guess a lot of us have got involved with this sport and activities in some way through family. But yeah, that that just uh, really spirit of adventure uh, as a parent looking at it, just that some of the points that Sally made about just keeping the kids busy and just keeping them out there. Some really inspirational kind of cruising adventures they went as a family um, and not just the two boys bringing a friend along and yeah that that whole support there's some great stories there and what what comes from it. What about you what stood out for you Nikki? I think the sense of family was so important and it was really cool to hear about the sort of the advice and guidance that they give each other quite con- like constantly or go and support with deliveries and bits and pieces. I, I think that was really, that was great to hear. Um, but for me, I think what else came out was just that element of saying yes to opportunities. I think Neil joining the America's Cup team that's an awesome opportunity but quite a difficult decision to make and Sally touched upon it a little bit with Maiden of just on I think she mentioned blagging her way onto the boat and I think just maybe going into the unknown a little bit and of course with a lot of what Rory's doing with foiling and starting sailing the wasp again it's just that fearlessness that's throughout the whole family and I think that was really cool to hear about. You're absolutely right I mean it was really great to get them all together it was a challenge to get, to bring them all together as they're all points of the world. But uh, yeah, I guess that's that. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to uh, the Off The Water podcast and meeting the Hunter family. Thank you very much for listening. Please hit subscribe, give us a like and share any feedback. We'd love to hear from you. If any ideas for a future podcast, then please get in touch.